Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. And Odyssey Station. The Score! Eight seconds for Lowry to work with. Bounded by Irving. Stolen by Drummond. Drummond, coast to coast, with the throwdown. Did he chuck a deuce on the way to the basket? Oh, even Steve Nash is smiling at this one. Oh, big man, shoot the gap. Take a look at this. Now, what's he got? Yeah, oh, deuces. Deuces, drumming. I love that. Love the energy there. He didn't drop a deuce. He chucked a deuce. There's a big difference. Got to make sure yeah. you're paying attention. I was trying to be clear with uh, instances like that. You never know if things could be misinterpreted. <laughs> He's Anthony Heron. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Of course, we're talking about some of the, mo- the moves the Bulls have made over the last couple of weeks. Andre Drummer being one of them. Of course, Goran Dragic being the other. I got to be honest, man. I've always been a fan of Andre Drummond. I always wanted him on, our, mm. on the Bulls team. Whenever they were talking about making moves and who could – really affect the organization if, if plugged in. I know the money wasn't right when he signed with Cleveland initially. Um, I, I just I know that I wanted the Bulls to get Andre Drummond. I, I've seen him tear up the Bulls since 2012 playing for the Detroit Pistons. And he's a guy that kind of, I don't know, I, <coughs> excuse me, it wouldn't surprise me if he was the starting center. Quickly. Really? Yeah. Starting center. Now, I mean, I think if it came down to it and you, know, you had Vooch get banged up, then you at least have a guy who you would feel better about likely than Tristan Thompson, the situation they were in with Thompson last year. But dreadful. I mean, offensively, though, offensively, you're still going to be limited with Andre Drummond if you end up trying to do that as far what? as making him your starting center. And I mean, I mean, especially by comparison to Vooch, with what you, you're still very limited with your perimeter shooting. I mean, Vooch, really, by, by the time you got to a certain stretch run of the season, 
Vooch was like your most dependable three-point shooter that was available once Kobe White went cold again. So I think there's there's not enough that you get from Drummond. You know, you get rebounding and you get scoring too. Yeah, but it's not it's not scoring that expands everyone else's game. You know, you set him up and he can certainly finish for you, but he's he's not a scorer that expands everyone else around him. Whereas at least with Vooch, he gives you an opportunity where you can run the offense through him. Sure. He's a more than competent passer. He's one of your best shooters. And even though he didn't necessarily even shoot like it last year, but they were just asking him to do so much on the Bulls offense last season that, you know, unless you were gonna try to go with some kind of you know, size, matchup sort of lineup to get them both out there. I don't ever see Andre Drummond supplanting Vooch in the starting lineup. Right, right, right. I think I think back to the beginning of the season last year where Javante Green was guarding some of the big men, some of the fives yeah. on the other team. So yeah. I think about that lineup and I think what it looks like then if Andre Drummond comes in. And, and you remember the Bulls of the 90s, the second three-peat where Ron Harper would start every game, mm-hmm. but come fourth quarter crunch time, he wasn't there. And mm-hmm. I could see that being the, something that, that maybe Billy Donovan could do with Andre Drummond where, okay. hey, you're going to start the game because we want, we want presence in the paint. We want a rim protector. We want to be able to get rebounds early. But in crunch time, we're going to have a more athletic team out there that can defend and, and work off the pick and roll, like having a Pat Will in there and Vooch at the same time as opposed to Andre Drummond. I, I could see them doing something like that because, I mean, he's a career 54% shooter. He can get you those rebounds that you need. He knows how to focus on just that to help your team. And when you got two offensive juggernauts in Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, he can be an, an exceptional complimentary player to be alongside them early in, the, early in the game when you need him to do just that, which is grab rebounds. The other side of that, of course, Goran Dragic. I think, I mean, it's just signings that you just don't see the Bulls or have not seen the Bulls make in years past. What are you doing, Dragic? <laughs> he gets higher, whatever he said right there. But you, you look at them, and the Bulls have never made these kinds of veteran signings in the offseason because these guys never wanted to come to the Bulls. Right. They never wanted to play here. And I think that it's a credit to AK and Mark Eversley and what they've done over the last few years. That's why you have to sign Zach Levine to the extension. That's why you have to go get uh, DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso on those favorable contracts because you have to build something here that makes people makes it desirable. And you and I have had countless conversations about why Zach Levine needed to get that max deal so that that mm-hmm. way, you know, and how he changed the culture. He was the starting point of that where then he made people want to come to Chicago to play here because yeah. they felt they were a piece or two away. And not necessarily saying that, Drummond and Drogic are those pieces for the Chicago Bulls, but they sure as hell make them a a lot better in the present. Karnishevis and Eversley are still in in a tough spot, or at least were in a tough spot coming into this offseason because they wanted to turn things around quickly while at the same time, I was using the term ceiling, talking about Baker Mayfield quite a bit in the last segment we were talking NFL, and it does still feel like this Bulls lineup as it's constructed right now has a ceiling. Is it a really low ceiling? It depends on health. But there is a ceiling to the way the team's constructed right now because they didn't even address the main needs that they came into the offseason with. You needed more three-point shooting. You didn't get a whole lot of that. Dragic can, can certainly give you some of that, but he's going to be your backup point guard. You needed more rim protection. You didn't really address that with Drummond either. You, you got another big man. You got a guy who's, again, going to be a backup for you as a center. 
But it's not like you bring in this guy who's just going to, you know, thwart everybody at the rim who comes in with this free lane, this free pass that the Bulls have been giving him over the last couple of seasons here. And that's not even to mention if you do still end up staying banged up. Dale and Terry comes in. You got another wing who can defend, who in theory you're hoping will develop into a shooter at the NBA level as well. But you don't know how quickly you can necessarily count on that from him either. So it feels like maybe a deeper roster, but the top end of your roster still has limitations to it. Uh, I do, you know, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to reserve judgment on how how Karnishevitz and Eversley handled that though, because of recognizing the situation they came into this offseason in. Some of it. Self-inflicted, you know, you go out, you make the Vooch transaction, you go out and get DeRozan, you get guys who, who are all-star caliber players at the NFL, at, at the NBA level, so you bring them in, and it makes you better overall. But I think the, the point you're making about the fact that it was difficult to sign free agents before right now, Zach Levine being a key part of now making Chicago a desirable spot, where do you go from here? Are you setting yourself up to be able Kevin to take another Durant. step from this point? Of course, <laughs> yes. Everybody in the KD sweepstakes can give your entire lineup up, baby, and have no one else to surround Kevin Durant because after, uh, you know, after what Rudy Gobert landed with those four yeah. first-round picks, you know Brooklyn is going to be looking for a haul to give up a guy like KD. I like the team, though. I, lo- I genuinely like the team. When I think about I- – I look at you know the standings from last year. I think we – we move up a spot from six to five. Sean is shaking his head, so I'm glad you, you feel. You know, I want to go higher. Oh my goodness! I do. Dragons. I do not want to be a six seed this year as I'm following the Bulls. I want to go higher. I want to be fifth. Could potentially be fourth, depending on the health of Lonzo Ball and can he be that guy. But the pressure is on one player and one player only, and that's Patrick Williams. Yes, because he will determine exactly. whether or not. The Bulls will be a four or a three seed, or will they hover like you were just talking about, Ant, at that at that at that ceiling that exists, which is now that that six five seed. What stats you got for me over there, Sean? So the the two things here were Drummond and Dragic. Dragic's last full season when he's healthy was back in I think 2020, 2021. Um, he shot fifty four and fifty three percent from respective corner threes. The Bulls were one of the worst okay. at taking those corner threes. So but healthy, he's a, but he's a, but but his, but his career shooting percentage from threes is like in the thirties. Right. So in his thirties, but okay. incredibly efficient in the corner, which is what which we is, need. Which is what the Bulls need. They, they, they set but up they a lot need. of outlet pass. Yeah, exactly. They we we aren't a part of the team. The other thing too here with. <laughs> Andre Drummond, one of the best offensive rebounders in basketball still. He averaged close to six rebounds a couple of years ago, I think with Detroit, his final season there. Still in his short time with the Nets, and then I think it was the Lakers for a little bit. Still like 3.1, 3.9 offensive rebounds for the for the Lakers and Nets. Those are two Buy huge Buy low, needs. sell high. Right. That's what we're doing right now. And I, I think hmm. like in terms of rim protection, I think what the Bulls are envisioning is a guy like Pat Williams coming from the backside as a block. He's got a seven-foot wingspan. This guy's got incredibly long arms. He does have that blocker potential, and that helps a ton when you're talking about a guy like Vooch or Drummond being at that center position. When you've got a guy that can come backside and block, that lets Vooch come in and try and you know hedge that screen, lets him try and protect the paint. And when he knows he's got protection like Williams there, I think that's really what they're hoping for. So, you know, Dragic, not a not a superstar signing by any means, sure. 36 years old. But if he provides at least just steady three-point shooting, that's an improvement over Kobe White. Anthony, is this how I sound when my home heart beats? Because that's what I'm getting from Sean right now. I'm just, <laughs> I'm listening to him. I'm like, you're a delusional Bulls fan. I'm like, wait, 
Is this what I sound like on the radio when it's, I'm talking about this team? Okay. It's the best case scenario being presented sure. because go. in the end, you want true rim protection because especially, you know, it's, it's one thing when you have both Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso in the lineup together and you're not giving these free passes into the lane, then it doesn't matter as much. But when you're talking about Patrick Williams, he's not a guy who's going to be like in there clogging up the lane, right. waiting for someone who's driving down the lane to the point Sean was talking about. He's a guy that will come over as a help defender. He certainly has the leaping ability, the tenacity, defensively at least the tenacity. We'd like to see a little more tenacity and aggression on offense. But defensively, he'll come over, he'll help. He'll challenge shots. He's athletic enough to do it. Got long enough limbs, all those things. But he's not necessarily a guy who who strikes fear in the opponent's hearts when they drive to the basket. Right. So if that free lane is there, then you're still not in a position as the Bulls to really be able to stop folks. That The free lane was there as they got banged up, and when it was there, there was no one at the rim to challenge anyone getting down the lane. The Bulls gave up more, more layups than anyone in the NBA last year, oh, and wow. opponents would take advantage of that. They continued to attack that because just game plan-wise, they knew they could get there. They knew they could finish. Even guys who weren't finishers at the rim would go ahead and attack the rack against Chicago because it was available to them so much, and there's not much aside from if you're healthy and two of the best, the best perimeter defenders in the NBA and great communicators and Ball and Caruso, if they're healthy, then that's certainly a good thing but you still don't have rim protection behind them. You would hope that between the development of Patrick Williams and then adding the tenacious Dale and Terry into the mix, then maybe you get more of that from the two of them. But still, if anybody gets to the rack, they got a free lane. Yeah, I that's think that's it, a great man. statistic. You know, The Bulls give up more lives. I didn't know that. That's a great stat. And it would, it would explain why the Bulls have the fifth worst field goal percentage given up in the NBA mm-hmm. last year. I mean, you cannot hover around the bottom when you're with teams like Sacramento – Houston, Detroit. I mean, those teams aren't playing any defense at all. So, of course, like you mentioned, having them healthy makes a huge difference. And that's that's where the approach will matter a lot because the tempo, the pace the Bulls played with when Lonzo Ball was out of the lineup, it took a huge step back. You could still get some of that from Caruso, but he's obviously not Lonzo Ball. But now you add Dale and Terry to this lineup, and if you get Patrick Williams in there and he stays healthy and he's in the mix, now you get that full-on Stacey King shot slamming jamming thing happening because defensively, if you can pressure the ball, you can create some takeaways. That's where early in the season last year they were towards the top of the NBA in defensive efficiency. A lot of that, not because they were you know necessarily protecting the rim, but they were taking the ball away so much and playing with pace and getting right. into the open floor so they didn't need to hit as many threes. They didn't need to protect the rim as much because they could just outrun folks and finish in the break and all those things that were fun and exciting. They got to be healthy for that, though. So that seems to be where AK and Eversley are sort of counting on that formula going into this season also. They didn't necessarily try to address the other stuff. They just kind of doubled down on players who can enhance the way that they really want this squad to play. Continuity, key word for AK and Mark Eversley. The Bulls, despite after being fifth worst in the league in field goal percentage given up, fourth worst in the league in three-point percentage given up. So whether it's going to the rack or shooting the three, they need to be better on the ball overall. Mm -hmm. And we're going to find out if Andre Drummond and Dragic can – be those guys to make that adjustment for the Chicago Bulls. And to answer that question, we're going to bring on Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation. He'll join us right here next. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! 
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm confident in, you know, approaching this free agency, you know, next couple of days sitting down with our group, you know, looking at a lot of things. And June 30th, 6 p.m. Eastern time, that's my conversation start. Of course, that's uh, AK talking about continuity, the word of the of the damn season. Hopefully it plays out well. Uh, to talk a little bit about that continuity and the new players that are being added to it, we got Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation. Ricky, thanks for jumping on the show with us today. How you doing? Fantastic. All right, so initial thoughts about, let's start with, with Andre Drummond. I'm a huge fan. Ant seems to be poo-pooing on the move, hates the guy, doesn't want him here in the city. No, I'm just playing. Um, but, but I love it. I was, I've always been a big fan of Andre Drummond. What were your initial thoughts when the signing was uh, confirmed? Yeah, I think Drummond's one of these guys who, back when he was a starter, when he was a big money player, he was he was pretty overrated and overpaid as a player. But currently, when he's just a backup, when he's on nearly a minimum contract, I think he's one of the better backup centers in the NBA. You look at the Bulls last year; they had no reliable backup center. They were either playing Tony Bradley or Tristan Thompson, who were just completely unreliable for them. Or they had Derek Jones, who's about 6'6", 200 pounds, or Javante Green at like 6'4", playing minutes of the backup five. So I think that Drummond will definitely be an upgrade over what they had last season at backup center. Uh, as the biggest move of the offseason, I think it's unquestionably disappointing. But it, just in terms of that move in a vacuum, I think that uh, you know Drummond should be able to capably fill in for 
you know, 15 minutes a game. And uh, he's someone who's going to have like similar strengths to Nikola Vucevic. You know, he's, he's not a particularly quick or uh, explosive leaper in terms of his ability to move in space or finish plays above the rim, but he's a big body. He can execute his assignment. And I think that, you know, he's, he's pretty similar in terms of skill set to Vooch. Uh, I suppose I would pose the same question about Goran Dragic and what he adds. Yeah, I don't know about that one, man. I just don't really understand what Dude, they're going for with that You're signing. like the Grim Reaper right now with all these signings, bro. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the Bulls have a lot of guards, and they added another guard with Goran Dragic. I believe he's 36 years old. His play last year for the Brooklyn Nets really started to slip. Of course, as recently as two years ago in the bubble with the Miami Heat, Goran Dragic was basically the engine for the Heat making it to the NBA Finals. When he got hurt in the Finals, the Heat stood no chance against the Lakers. That wasn't that long ago, but, you know, as the old saying goes, father time is undefeated, and it just seems like Dragic's body has started to break down a bit. Uh, I do think that he can still shoot the ball a little bit. He can, you know, be a steady-handed point guard. But the question is, like, can he defend anyone? Uh, Does he still have, you know, the same (laughs) scoring juice he had when he was younger? And I'm hearing people frame this as Alonzo Ball, you know, insurance for Goran Dragic. To me, that makes no sense. Ball is a brilliant, versatile defender. Dragic can't stay in front of anyone at this point of his career. Uh, I don't think that Dragic is going to unlock the transition game the way the ball does. So I really don't understand what was going on with that signing. I think, you know, it's fine. He's your 14th or 15th man on the roster. But again, like if these are your big moves of the offseason, I think that uh, the Bulls are coming up pretty short. Joining Vooch us on was the... really excited about it, though. I mean, yeah, he Vooch brought him on here. Twitter, man, he was out there Game of Thrones That's style. A, everyone thought Goran was going to the Dallas Mavericks, and Vooch came in and said, nah. Why don't you come over here? We could really use you. And I think, you know, what you were mentioning, why people saying that he's it's a move for Lonzo Ball. Of course, it's exactly what it is. I think you're worried about your rotation. I think when you're looking at the Bulls and when you saw Io step in, it just wasn't the kind of point guard that you wanted in that role, especially as such a young guy. And then when you're looking at Alex Caruso, again, he's your bench spark plug. He's not your starter that's going to, move the ball the way that Lonzo would. And, and when you got a guy like Dragic, you know, career average over five or mere five assists a game. I mean, that that's that's the kind of guy you want. And you want that veteran presence, someone that understands their role and, and what that can be. And then also, again, going back to what I was saying, was then you leave the rotation intact. You allow Io and Caruso to be the, be who they are at the, the lower half of that rotation. And you let Dragic be able to come in, in the event that Zoe isn't there. But hopefully, obviously, you'd want Zoe to be there. Um, of course, we're talking to... Um, from the Circuit Resort and Casino hotline. Uh, Circuit Resort and Casino, home of the largest sports book in Las Vegas. Ricky O'Donnell, editor at SB Nation. But what are you, I mean, obviously, AK is talking about he's not even sure Lonzo's going to be back in September. Uh, what are you hearing, and are you expecting Lonzo to play 60 games this year? They need him. If they don't have Lonzo Ball, this team is going to fall apart so quickly. Lonzo Ball is the key to every lineup the Bulls have. The Bulls last year, 30th, dead last in three-point rate. That's percentage of field goal attempts that come from three-point range. This Bulls team has no shooting. They have Lonzo, they have Zach Levine, and I guess Kobe White. We'll see if he can even get minutes over Goran Dragic at this point. But they need Lonzo shooting. They need his defense. Lonzo's the key to kick-starting the team in transition. And these are things that, you know, if you're expecting Goran Dragic to fill in for Lonzo Ball, you are in for a long, long, long season. Because let me tell you, that's not going to happen. 
I think that they need Lonzo Ball to play 60 to 70 games this year. They need him to be as good as he was at the start of last season. And listen, it's no surprise that the Bulls completely fell apart once Lonzo went down. I think the Bulls were in number one seed in the Eastern Conference 71% of the way through the year last year. That was at the All-Star break. After that, uh, you know, they fall to sixth. They weren't able to put up much of a fight in the playoffs against the Bucks. And I think they really miss Lonzo. You know, you saw it, you know, with other teams, too. For the Nets, they didn't have Joe Harris. The Nets fell apart without Joe Harris. It's sort of that glue guy, you know, 6'6 wing who can shoot. Lonzo, similar size, gives you the shooting, gives you more defensive versatility. So, I mean, listen, Lonzo got hurt the end of January with a torn meniscus. Robert Williams came back from a torn meniscus in like three weeks for the Celtics. But Lonzo, (laughs) he had the bone bruise. He was unable to come back. Lonzo has a long history of health problems. So, if the Bulls want to build off last year's success, I mean, heck, if they want to maintain last year's success, the the most critical thing they need is the health of Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine. I was saying in, a, in our previous segment here, Ricky, that it, it seemed to me that the offseason moves so far between the draft and then Dragic and, and Drummond are really sort of as opposed to what it felt like maybe trying to address the three-point shooting, address the rim protection. They kind of doubled down on what was here on the roster and you know to the credit ak eversley they look at the first part of last season and say okay this was working for us when we were healthy is it sustainable like it let's assume health is that sustainable to be competitive at the highest of levels in the nba you can be competitive but i think you know by their own words mark eversley said before the season the bulls needed rim protection they needed shooting they definitely did not get any shooting. I would say the Bulls are going to be one of the weakest shooting teams in the NBA next year. And then in terms of rim protection, I mean, they got some size with Andre Drummond, but he offers no scheme versatility over Vooch. He's not someone who finishes plays above the rim. He's not someone who can defend in space. He's going to get eaten alive in the playoffs. So uh, I'm looking at this Bulls offseason as a major disappointment. I think that their top objective was not to pay the luxury tax. And beyond not paying the luxury tax, they wanted that check from the teams that do pay the luxury tax, the Warriors, the Clippers. And I just think you own a team in Chicago, Jerry Reinsdorf, a team that brought you six championships that is a global brand uh, that should be the you know one of the proudest franchises in the NBA. And really what the Bulls did this offseason was say, we're going to stop just short of spending enough to try to compete. We're going to try to take our hand out from the Clippers, from the Warriors, and I think, you know, for Bulls fans, what they did last season was great, remodeling the team in one offseason, getting them back in the playoffs. That was fantastic. I was a big fan of what they did last year, even if it cost you future first-round draft picks. Now you're out first-round draft picks in 2023 and 2025, and you refuse to take the next step in terms of trying to improve the team in the areas that you said the team needed to be improved in terms of shooting and rim protection. So I do think that, you know, Dalen Terry can be a good draft pick. I think in a vacuum, Andre Drummond's a pretty good backup center. But if that's the entirety of your offseason, I think that, you know, barring a trade, which hopefully will happen, I think the Bulls, you know, they could move Kobe White. They could look to add another forward who can shoot. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, I think it's a very, very underwhelming offseason defined by frugality. Ricky O'Donnell thinks that Goran Dragic is such a non-factor. He didn't even name them as a part of the Bulls offseason just now. He of SB Nation on Twitter at SBN underscore Ricky. All right, so we're, we're addressing what the, what the Bulls did and the, the, I suppose, negatives within that. 
So if you had the the pen to swipe things or, or were in charge of the Bulls heading into this offseason with the roster and the cap situation they left last season with, what do you believe the Bulls should have done instead? Yeah, well, the first thing they should have done is spent all their available money. As a team that was over the cap, they had $10.5 million, the mid-level exception, to sign a free agent. And most teams had that exact same contract. That's the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. The only teams with salary cap space this year were like the rebuilding teams. The Pistons were a team. Uh, the Pacers now have cap space. But the majority of the teams all had the same contract. And you know, the Bulls had $10.5 million at their disposal, and they chose not to spend all of it because they didn't want to go into the luxury tax. So, yeah, yeah, but, but, but the thing is this, though, he's saying solutions, not problems. What would have the solution been there with that money then? Sure. Of course, yeah. I think, you know, you look at who is available on the free agent marketplace, two names I would have loved to see the Bulls side. One, Mo Bamba, 24 years old, former number six overall pick in the 2018 NBA draft. Gives you some rim protection, gives you some shooting. I've been following Mo Bamba for a long time. Is he a very good player? Probably not, but he's someone who has some upside. He would have filled the team needs. And, you know, in if they could have continued to develop him, he would have give, given you a skill set that the team currently lacks in terms of being a front court guy who can space the floor and also with a 7-7 wingspan can block some shots above the rim. The other guy I was disappointed the Bulls missed out on was Isaiah Hartenstein, who signed a two-year, $18 million contract with the Knicks. I thought, why were the Bulls not after Hartenstein? Seven-foot, 250-pound center. What he gives you is play finishing, rim protection, and connective passing. Those are all things the Bulls definitely could have used, just in terms of having another big active body in the front court. The Knicks ended up re-signing Mitchell Robinson for $60 million. So Hartenstein's going to be a backup for them, but... I thought that the Bulls just choosing not to even give out $8 million in free agency was just uh, just so offensive for the fan base. And then the last name I'll say is Kyle Anderson, again, signed for just under the mid-level exception with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Big defensive-minded forward, not much of a shooter, but, you know, this Bulls roster doesn't have any forwards. They have Patrick Williams, and they have no other forwards. Everyone else is either a guard or a center. They have Tony Bradley and Marco Simonovic wasting roster spots, not really adding anything to the team. Uh, you know, they're just cheap players who can fill up space. But uh, I think that there definitely were a few people on the free agent market that could have helped the Bulls. But uh, the Bulls' top priority was to save money and to not go into the luxury tax and to get Jerry Reinsdorf his check from the Clippers and from the Warriors and – from that perspective, the Bulls accomplished all their goals because they are not in the luxury tax once again, and they can raise the banner of financial champions. I, uh, you know, I, I, I did feel good about the Bulls going into this conversation, <laughs> but, then, but Ricky, you're bringing up great points. These are you're being a realist, which is what I love, right? You're really you're making me really rethink my thoughts about the Chicago Bulls team, where I'm like, damn, he's right. We didn't spend all that money. Damn, he's right. We just got some filling guys to stay under the cap. I'm upset now. I'm, I'm angry now. I'm, I'm mad. But you know what, Ricky? I'm glad. I'm glad you put put things into perspective, so that that way I can be a realist. And I appreciate you jumping on the show to talk Bulls because I love talking about the Chicago Bulls. So thanks for hanging out with us today. Thanks, Rick, Ricky. Ricky O'Donnell from SB Nation joining us right here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. I get it. I, I do think he was being a little too harsh on them because. <laughs> 
you got to understand where the Bulls are at, right? It's like you're not necessarily in a ch- – you're trying to build That's a championship That's kind of Ricky's window. general tone overall, though, too. Like, even yeah. when he's not being that harsh, he kind of – it comes off that way. I like it, though. A little bit of a short, sharp, staccato delivery. Keeping teams accountable. Very to the point. Yeah. I like uh-huh. it, though. He's right. I mean, he's, he, he – I love the fact I'm, – I'm very big on solutions, not problems. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad when we cornered him with that question, he had solutions for us and wasn't mm-hmm. just out here bahumbaying the <laughs> Chicago Bulls, all right? Uh, so uh, we got some more stuff to talk about. Of course, Ant and I, I'm so curious to hear what you have to say about the potential of a dome being oh. here in downtown Chicago and what what that even means, right? How, do, how does Anthony Heron feel about that, someone that played in the NFL – what does that mean to to the to the NFL alumni to have an indoor stadium here in Chicago? We'll talk and get his answers right after this. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. This is 670 The Score. Um, I have personally not been doing it. It's been done at the staff level. Um, you know, they're very careful. I think they've got some legal restrictions on what they can say and do given their uh, – um, contract with uh, Arlington Heights, but nonetheless, we persevere. Um, we're going to continue to do everything we can uh, to keep the Bears in Chicago and working on some plans to present to them that I think will make a very, very compelling financial case as to why it makes abundant sense for them to stay in Chicago. You know, they're a tier one team in a tier one market, and they need tier one audience fan base, and I don't think they can get that in Arlington Heights. But ultimately, the decision will be theirs. Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of the city of Chicago, essentially telling the Bears, we're going to make you an offer you can't refuse. So Chicago gangster of you. They ain't, basically, they ain't going nowhere. That's what, that's what I heard when I heard Auntie Lori talking about that. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. This is how we're going to end our show, talking about the potential of the Chicago Bears having a dome in the near future, something that is estimated at costing between, first of all, this is a huge gap. 400, this is a phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal article on Bleach Report by Adam Wells. But it said it's, it's an estimated cost between $400 million and $1.5 billion. Bruh, how are you right. going to guesstimate a billion dollars? Like, that's <laughs> my degrees in economics, and I know they taught me that that's dumb as hell. Anyway, um, but the, since September, the Bears' ownership did spend $197 million on the purchase agreement for Arlington International Racecourse, and it's expected to close in late 2022, early 2023. And when you're looking at some of the other numbers, which are I, – I, I, I guess I just don't think about it enough because I'm here in the city and I just go to these games, but – Soldier Field, the smallest stadium capacity in the NFL at 61.5. That's crazy. I, I, you know, I don't think about that. But right. And it's, it's the oldest stadium, uh, the league's oldest stadium, opened in 1924. And then the renovations back in 2002, which seemed like yesterday when the Bears were playing in Champaign, Illinois. I can't uh, believe that was in 2002. That yeah. cost $632 million, And taxpayers covered 432 of it. Anthony, as a former NFL player, as a, as a fan of the Chicago Bears, someone that covers them, it just doesn't seem right. I mean, having hosted outdoor games for over 100 years to now have the possibility of a dome over a stadium that doesn't seem to quite fit the mold of NFL stadiums in 2022. Yeah, how do you even make that fit over the, the current kind of structure that's there right now? You, you got that that leveled-off part. The glass part. You got the, yeah, the glass part. You got the angle that kind of comes down where the wind kind of, that hawk kind of whips through there. 
And I'm not sure how you dome off that unless you really close in the the section that isn't closed in yet. I'm not sure how you actually even really go about that, about trying to put a dome over something that doesn't have a level surface on top of it. So I can see why it would make it that much more uh, expensive to maybe even try to do that because it's it's not really fitted for a dome because it wasn't built with a dome. So to add a dome to it at this point just seems like something that uh, I've certainly never heard of doing that before, just adding a dome to a structure that didn't already have a dome in it uh, from the beginning. It's funny, too, because like I've seen people saying, like, well, they've got half the spaceship. they got to put the other half of it on. It's more like a third of a spaceship. Like, you uh-huh. know, like they drove the yeah. convertible third of a spaceship on top. And of then it's stadium. like, for what, though? To have two more concerts in December? Right. So the Is Rolling that... Stones can play on the lake Yeah, show, right? what? I mean, I... listen, let me tell you something. As a kid growing up here in the city of Chicago, my dad refuses to go to any home Bears game after October. And it's something that I love, right? Mm. But I love putting on layer after layer and, and braving mm-hmm. the cold so that that way I can go to this game. Because, you know, my favorite thing to hear is, oh, Tampa Bay's coming up to – not Tom Brady's Tampa Bay, but before. Tampa, <laughs> the Buccaneers are coming up to Chicago, right? All these Florida teams are coming up to Chicago, and they don't like playing up here. Bear weather. That no longer exists, and I feel like that was a, a true advantage for the Chicago Bears team, having guys come up here in, in, in December and play in the snow and the bitter cold. And you, I like mean, if they got a dome, it wouldn't exist anymore. Yeah. In that case, then yeah, I mean, it it would definitely make the the atmosphere, the environment there, really different. Just with the history of the franchise, everybody's accustomed to being outside for it. And you know, we've seen the Vikings make that transition. I mean, it hadn't been in recent years here, but there was a stretch where the Vikings were still outside until the Metrodome ended up becoming uh, something they built there in Minneapolis. The revenue that can be generated, you you can. Generate more revenue by being able to host more events if you do end up doming Soldier Field. It would still pale in comparison to what the Bears as a franchise can do by moving to Arlington Heights. And I think in the end, that's what this is going to come down to. And it shocked me when this whole Arlington Heights news first broke, um, just that it was even being considered last year. I was really surprised by the public reaction to it because I feel like overall Bears fandom has been fairly practical about that because people have kind of grown grown tired of the experience of trying to go watch the Bears at Soldier Field and of recognizing the age of the stadium, the limits that you have for what events you can host there, the playing surface and the difficulties associated with that, the parking and how difficult that can be. And I think overall folks are looking at the National Football League at large, looking at some of these other cathedrals to football that are being built out there. And, you know, the Dallas Cowboys aren't in Dallas. They're in Arlington somewhere. You know, a lot of the the stadiums that are built, like the Detroit Lions, they're downtown in Detroit. When I was there in 2001, my rookie year, they were still up in in Auburn Hills. They were uh, not in Auburn Hills. They were at the the Pontiac in the Silverdome Mm. right next to Auburn Hills. But they were north of Detroit. Then my second, third year in Detroit, they ended up coming into the city being downtown. The Falcons ended up, you know, moving the stadium to downtown in Atlanta. The practice facility was up north just like the Bears practice north of the city in Chicago. But the Bears would not be strange by NFL standards to have a stadium that would still have the city label to it. I'm sure they would continue being the Chicago Bears. Sure. But there's a lot of financial implications of them potentially making the Arlington Heights move that I think simply putting a dome on Soldier Field and having some sort of a billion-dollar question mark in between how much that may cost either the Bears or the city or the taxpayers or both, I don't think that's the uh, 
it, it's not enough of a, a, of a Band-Aid. It, it's not even a, a gauze patch that I think <laughs> right. this would really do to kind of cover things up to make it seem suitable to stay. Initially, I was, I thought it was, you know, just, you know, positioning. Like, there's no way mm. the Chicago Bears are going to move to Arlington Heights. And then they follow through with all these things. Yeah. And you say to yourself, like, damn, are they really about to go to Arlington Heights? But right. I think that the... the, the the lash back from 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 Bears fans exists because of the culture here, and and you know you're from the area, I'm from here, and it's like, you know how people feel about those from Schaumburg or Naperville <laughs> claiming the city, <laughs> and and vice versa, and I think the same holds true for your football team, where a lot of people are like, you can't put the Bears in Arlington Heights, because <laughs> now we got to embrace all these other, you know, it's like it's it's, it's that kind of feel that Bears fans have. I mean these. Me, I, I, that's how I feel as, as a city kid, you know, like you can't put the Bears in Arlington Heights. But then, but then you really take a step back and you say to yourself, this is a business. And the Bears are trying to propel themselves into the future and become this winning organization. And, and maybe a brand new stadium can complement that. Maybe, maybe moving to Arlington Heights where you have the space, you have, you know, I mean, I get it. I, I would hate having to drive to Arlington Heights, though. I mean, I live down. I live in the West Loop so, or near the West mm. Loop. So for me, mm. it's like I don't mind going downtown. I think when I any event that I go to, people complain about going to Soldier Field and oh, the parking sucks. I hate reading tweets about that. The parking sucks, and oh my god, getting a so what? So what? It's Soldier Field. That's what like you you know what to expect when you go there. You hate going to McCormick Place. It's just like it's Chicago. Like that's that's a, you have a huge ass city that you can't just recreate it is what it is the places are where they are and you just but they're literally talking about creating something somewhere else in Arlington Heights like that's what the whole discussion is they might just build a new stadium somewhere else that's so (laughs) anti-Chicago you know you you, you know what do you got the Sears Center out there what is it called now Sean look Google that I know it's called something on that but like you got the Sears Center and in places Uh, like that or or where where the where the Chicago Fire played in Bridge Bridgeview or whatever it is. Like nobody wants yeah. to go out there to these games. Mm-hmm. Like you, no, take me to downtown. Let me make a thing out of it. Let me go tailgate. Let me go party afterwards and and, and drink in, in the South Loop. Like it's a, it's it's, a, it's a whole thing. It's different for us living in the city though. You, you got to think of the majority of the fans who are actually attending these events are people who are coming from outside the city. Like you live in the West Loop, I live in the South Loop. I can literally walk and when I go to Soldier Field, even when I'm I'm covering it like when me and Luke Pinellas <laughs> right. are out there during the preseason games, I'll put a suit on, I put my gym shoes on, I walk to Soldier Field, I pat my brow if I worked up a little sweat cuz it's warm <laughs> during August, and I go out there and I do my work. That's easy for me, but these families driving in from the burbs somewhere trying they to come to. into Soldier Field. We need their money and it's a traffic. The city hey, needs man. their money. Come spend your money in Chicago. We need City's it. getting plenty of money from a whole lot of avenues and some other stuff to correct before they worry about this Soldier <laughs> Field money. You know, and if the Bears are going to break a lease, then the city should make them pay if they're breaking the lease to get out and go do something else. And who knows? Maybe there's something else to be done with Soldier Field if the Bears aren't a consistent occupant of it. Maybe the city just has to get creative at that point and figure out something else you can do with it. Maybe you hold more college events there. You know, we've talked about the Big Ten the other night, everything that's going on yeah. there. You got the whole super conference thing. So you're passing the buck, up. though, and you're, you're letting someone else then deal with what is considered a problem, which is the, the traffic and the getting to and fro Soldier Field. I'm just getting defensive. Well, yeah, but you just said that didn't matter. Who? Wait, what? The, the traffic and everything right, right, else. Right, right. But I'm saying if you're giving it to someone else, uh-huh. I don't care about the next tenant of Soldier Field. 
I'm worried about the Bears. <laughs> it's such a Chicago thing to feel that way, though. It's so Chicago to be like, how dare they decide to want to leave and just deal with it? Things like, like the, maybe I should come off that high horse and be like, no, well, maybe I wouldn't mind going to Arlington. No, because then I got to drive back home. I think it just An depends hour. on. For me, it depends on the circumstances. To me, the the uh, what I'm hearing about Arlington Heights seems to be a good opportunity. Good opportunity for the Bears. Good opportunity for Bears fans attending the games there. Because you think about it, you know, for somebody who's going to drive and sit in traffic to go to Soldier Field anyway. All right, they're driving to Arlington Heights. Maybe it's a smoother ride. Maybe it's a more enjoyable experience there at that stadium as opposed to what it is at Soldier Field. And overall, maybe things flourish. Like, think about what the Cubs have done in recent years with Wrigleyville and with Gallagher Way and everything else. The way they revamped that whole scene, that potential isn't really there for the space available at Soldier Field, and the Bears don't own that space anyway. You have the potential if you own what's happening in Arlington Heights or build over there where there's a lot of space available to do a whole lot of cool stuff. It can be an event to go to the Bears game itself and everything around the Bears game also, that's what the, you know, the, the Bears are, are they, there's money to be made at whatever point you sell it anyway, yeah. but that's what some of the the most modern franchises in professional sports are doing to make the game an event around the stadium as well. You really can't do that with the current location. I get it. My wife wants us to move to the Burbs, so I just need the inside scoop on whether I should buy an Arlington Heights or not. Because uh-huh. the Property Real estate's about to go, go up. up. I know, yeah, exactly. Yo. So, <laughs> damn it. I guess I guess I could trick my Chicago brain to be like, all right, we're going to the Burbs. Damn it. <laughs> but at least we're going next to the new Soldier Field. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Harry. What a phenomenal show today for you guys. With our guests, got to say thank you to Corey Provis, who was phenomenal at the top of the six o'clock hour. Yeah. Twins play-by-play announcer, giving some great commentary as to what he saw going on over there. Dan Hayes. From The Athletic joined us, Evan Altman from the Cubs Insider, and of course, the ever-delightful and happy Ricky O'Donnell joining the show <laughs> to talk about keeping it real, keeping me in line, which I need the more often than not. Side. Big thank you to him. Big thank you to Sean Sears, the guy who throws people under the bus from the very beginning. Jeez, I'm not, I can't wait to tell Tyler that what you said to him. Uh, big thank you to Ann Heron. Thanks for hanging out today. I love chatting with you as always, brother man. My Have pleasure, a great sir. week. Um, if you are riding around the city or working at third shift Thursday and Friday, I will be on the air six to eight. Make sure you hang out with me then. In the meantime, between time, hasta la próxima. Have a great one. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.